0: Hey everybody, it's Ian King, founder of King Sports International author of a number of books on training and innovative training methods use throughout the world today in the huddle we're going to be talking about our concerns for the future of sport and the future of sport in the shape of the young athlete coming through and the injury potential that they're being exposed to I've had this concern for many a decade, the difference is in the eyes of our societies the young ones are not responsible for their decisions we are responsible for making decisions for them for the most part so when someone's older than 18 or 21 depending on what culture you're in and they go and do things that result in injuring themselves they have to take some degree of responsibility but in the first instance the child deserves greater protection from us and I'm incredibly concerned about the injuries being created in sport and the impact on the quality of life for our young children So I want to start off with a little bit of a historical review. Now, I'm probably a little bit, bit older than than many of the viewers and definitely the, most of the coaches. But anyway, let's, let's go back in their history and get some unsolicited insights from them in that um, they don't know I'm going to ask them this question, but I'm going to ask this. Compared to what you're seeing today with young athletes and injuries, is it the same or different to when you were a, 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 in your teens? Who so wants to kick off on that?
1: Question. Sure. Yeah, well, it's definitely changed. So when I was playing sport, injuries weren't particularly common. You'd have a, a few that would usually be associated to growth, but you definitely wouldn't see the array do now. So I'll work with some younger kids, and they'll come in with challenges and they have been suffering pain and things for for years. Some of them have you been know, pre penned and they're fairly young like teenagers and they've had these challenges for a period of time whereas definitely when I was playing sport it wasn't the case it was pretty rare and if someone did like I had a couple personally and they were like Osgood um, Schlatter's was one so they're usually associated to growth and they say don't play sport but there definitely wasn't the epidemic of tears and surgeries like now people don't bat an eyelid to have a surgery so I often see kids and they're either you know scheduled to have it or um, well they're talking about it and being played by injuries whereas there yeah, it was non existent so I, I didn't know what a hamstring strain was until you know I was a, a grown up whereas now these kids are all way too aware of injuries and not only that the methods of avoiding them like a lot of them basketball and they wear these funny little ankle brace things to stop them spraining ankles apparently and so yeah there's a whole culture so they're fully aware of injuries and then they have their I guess practices to attempt to avoid them. So, uh,
0: definitely a huge change. Well, that's interesting, Colin, because you're one of the young guns on this call. It, it, exactly, so
1: yeah. Things it, have changed a lot, and I'm sure uh, it'll be more significant for those
0: who've got a, a few more years on the clock. A few more miles on the clock. So, it, anyone else with some insights into what they've seen in changes in, in young athletes' injuries now to when they were of a similar age?
2: Um, there, was, there, there were no injuries. I, I genuinely do not recall people being injured. I mean, pe- you know, people have a sore leg or a bit of a bruise or something like that, but that was about it. Whereas today, it's very common for teenagers to be um, you know, in, in physiotherapy appointments, to be going to look at surgery, different surgeries. And now, if you, if you genuinely do work with athletes, it's very rare to get an athlete that's 20 years old and has not had some sort of injury or surgery or similar at that age. And even if you look at the structure of sporting programs now compared to 20 years ago, um, there's a huge, it's a huge market. It's training school kids and rehabbing school kids and physiotherapy for school kids and um, development programs for, for, for teens, etc. It's a really growing market and it's, it's of great concern. Now and in the future, like you've
0: talked about, quite a few points I'll be coming back on there, John. What what are we got to share?
3: Um, what I was going to say is that they're they're starting the kids out lifting weights earlier now, so they just have a longer period of training that is suboptimal, and they get injured earlier by however many years they you know started weight training earlier. Also, I would say that um, as far as, like, the typical American diet goes, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And um, I know from experience when I used to work with kids, I used to train kids with uh, ADD and ADHD and autism and Asperger's and Tourette's and, uh, you know, learning disabilities like that. And once we were able to make, you know, Dietary changes, their you know performance and you know injury prevention just completely increased. So I would say it has a lot to do with um, how poor the typical American diet is to now as well.
0: We'll come, we'll come back to causes, and I'm going to appreciate those insights from from your part of the world, John. Any other coaches want to share?
4: No, I can from my experience it's been similar to carl and mitchell's in very little to to no injuries in the past from, from my experience if they were they were later on and the same injuries seem to be earlier and earlier now and hard pressed like mitchell was saying to get an athlete now that has has less than five six injuries and the one thing that i've noticed that's changed it's with that, that industry that Mitchell talked about is it seems to be athletes come with, where it's a badge of honour to have a physio, a chiro, an osteopath all these therapists uh, as part of their team and uh, that's really foreign to, to me and, and especially when I was uh, growing up
0: So certainly echoes my experience I also would not have known what a hamstring strain was as a kid uh, definitely surgery was non-existent and what I'm, what I'm saying now is that if you're in particular with talent identified young athletes that on average they'll have surgery by the time they're 16 and they will not be playing sport at the, at the elite level by the time they're 20. And some might say that that's a bit extreme, but I'd say it's a pretty accurate summary. Very few uh, rise above those statistics. And I'm very concerned for that. And if you have your own children in, involved in sport, then it will become more of a concern for you. And if anyone who's listening to this does have their kids playing sport, they too, I suggest, should be very, very concerned. Because what we're talking about is lifelong changes to their bodies before they're even adults. So going back historically, when I was picking up the elite athletes in the, in the early to mid-80s, not a single one of them had done any form of dry land or general preparatory training, no strength training, etc., etc. They were clean slates. The only damage to their bodies was that produced by the sport, which there was some because all sports have that potential. And now athletes are engaged in training that was really only exposed to these athletes in the 80s when they were in their early 20s, so typically when people in that era started doing say strength training and other forms of off-field training, within 10 years they weren't able to play anymore and people put that down to age and, and it just came together as far as you know, they, they should be retiring anyway. But it may well be that all the that, that average athlete really only has 10 years from the application of poor dry land or non-specific training methods such as strength training. So as it's been commented by one of the coaches earlier on, what they're doing to, say, a 12-year-old now is what we did 20, 30 years ago to a 22-year-old in terms of training modalities and in, in some ways training load and that's why uh, when we're we're superimposing flawed adult training programs on kids I don't see a huge future of them, for them in sport and I definitely see a very dim future for them in the quality of life moving forward so do you do you see a trend as far as acceptance of an injuries like is, is, is there a strong movement to say this is unacceptable, let's change it, let's prevent these injuries, or pretty much uh, it's just accepted? Or maybe on the other hand, maybe there's uh, some commercial interests rubbing their hands together saying, hallelujah, come on in, spinner, this is for fantastic trend. Where are we at with as far as social perspectives or social positioning on the, the, what we believe is an incredible rise of injuries in the young athlete?
2: I think we're at a stage where um, people believe on the surface they're serving the athlete and helping the young, the, the teenage athlete. I, I don't believe there's too many people out there rubbing their hands together, to say fantastic, but um, openly. But I do believe that aspect does exist because, unfortunately, as you've talked about a lot before, and. Um, when it comes to coaching, a lot of the best coaches start go to the top end of sport, and often a lot of the developing coaches, with not much experience, get thrown to the kids, the young athletes. When in fact, it probably should be the other way around. The young athletes should perhaps get the best coaches, and older athletes, if they've been coached well, can probably look after themselves a lot more than needing their hands held. So I don't. I think we're at a stage where people believe they're serving as well as possible, but if you look at athletes' bodies. And the growing rate Of physio appointments Chiris etc um, it's, it's certainly not occurring And no one wants to believe they're part of the problem Everyone wants to believe they're part of the solution And as you know you can't solve a problem With the same one that created it So I see it continuing to spiral down
0: Fantastic insight And else on that one?
1: I think they're widely accepted as the norm And people are still put it down to chance Whereas they don't look at the big picture So now there's more training. Than ever for children. Whereas, I guess when you played sport, I mean, you might train a bit, but most of it was play. Now it's all structured, so from a very early age, they follow grown-up plans. And as Mitchell mentioned about the coaching, unfortunately, the the people coaching the the young ones model their training from those higher up, so that same sort of trash training gets given to the youngsters, which isn't an ideal map, So it's definitely thought of as the norm. They're super frequent in injuries and unfortunately no one has a, an idea of why so um, well in those roles so they haven't come to the conclusion that the training they're doing is actually enhancing injuries and bringing
0: them on earlier So we obviously got a com- common thoughts about this but you know, are we missing the point when you talk to parents and coaches what's the feeling you're getting from them do they, do they say yeah this is, there's a rise in injuries we're really concerned or what, what's the feeling you're getting from parents and coaches
2: For myself, um, I do believe that parents are concerned about their kids, however, and then the direction of it, but because everyone else is doing it and it's accepted as normal, it can take um, not only a, a strong child but a strong parent to understand this and stand against it and be a 5 percenter instead of a 95 percenter in this direction, especially as Carl mentioned sports become more structured and institutionalised. Um, we have scenarios now where kids... Are participating in some sort of program, whether it's an elite development program or an academy or an institution, and if they don't meet their training requirements and the service provider requirements of those institutions, well, they're kicked out. So it becomes, it's it's really like a, it's it's harder, not only for the athlete, for for the kids, but also for the parents to justify, particularly when the institutions pay and fund for a lot of the service provision and if parents want to go outside of that and they need to obviously fund that additional training themselves and um, go against what everyone else is doing and it's not always convenient and etc. So it just makes it a little bit more difficult for for people to go down this path but that's not an excuse. Ultimately um, people will do what they do and I just hope that parents realise uh, the implications of their decisions and don't take these decisions lightly.
0: Well let's get some real clear insights into this is what when I say that they're, they're at risk of changing the quality of their life for their child for the next, you know, if the child's a teenager, they have 60 or 80 more years on the planet. Um, you know, what are some of these injuries and what are the implications of moving forward? I mean, what are some of the, the really uh, strong patterns you're seeing in the type of injuries and what are the implications of them?
1: Well, for me, most of them that I see with youngsters are knee um, and hip related. And a lot of that's their sport, and then the training they do on top of it. So and the imbalance is between um, the left and right side. So the implications are obviously degeneration of the knee and the hip. So I mean, down the track, replacements, which aren't too pleasant, shorter term surgeries, and often that's you know very short term, which definitely has a massive impact. And then there's the compensations that go along post surgery, which lead to I guess a greater damage to the the knee and hip, longer term. So that's the the
0: main challenge in the sports I see. Occurring way earlier than any generation before has ever seen them. Any other comment?
3: The main one that I've been seeing is shoulder shoulder injury across the board. And when I you know delve into what their training program is, it's just sure, just a hundred percent every time, just a push dominant program that they've been following for years and without any stretching at all.
0: So we're seeing increase in hip and knee issues, we're seeing increase in shoulder issues. One that I'm seeing a lot of is ankle issues. I mean, this whole whole discussion of of SEVERS and, uh, you know, they're putting it down to, the bones are growing too fast, and therefore the muscles are not lengthening, or connective tissue not lengthening. And that's why there's pain. And I, I'd love to know the history of, 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 this, of the SIBS condition, because you know, I definitely, um, even the word. I'd love to know when the word was coined, let alone became a, a mainstream issue. Mike, do you have any insights on that?
5: As far as the, as far as the SIBS goes. I don't have specific insights into, into the history of it. Um, but the rise in the rate of, of ACL injuries in, uh, in young athletes, um, I guess what you're really touching on here is, is, con- is contact versus non-contact types of injuries. Um, the rate of non-contact injuries, I think, has is, is gone through the roof. And that's evidence of the type of training that's been done um, up to this point. Uh, I see a, a high number of ACL injuries, younger in younger and younger athletes, uh, to where there's a whole subspecialty in medicine dedicated to ACL replacements in in young athletes whose bones haven't fully ossified yet. Um, so there's a there's definitely a, a commercial aspect to this that um, that continues to grow.
0: Definitely a response to the trend. If you think the, if you imagine the, the energy and the resources going into prevention, we might have a different outcome. So, yeah, imagine that. Um, an ACL is a teenager. That's now pretty common, as you said. I, I'm seeing an incredible number of that. And that, that was a surgery that just wasn't performed 20, 30 years ago. So... The other thing, too, you mentioned
1: that it wasn't performed is now that the... They come back so much quicker from it. Whereas <clears throat> before my time, with people I've seen and spoken to who had the, the replacements or like an ACL repair, it was a massive, massive hindrance and, and they'd you know, be cast and things. Whereas now people come back from them very quickly. So it's not thought of as such a big deal. And you talk about surgery to someone, whereas to me, surgery is a big deal regardless of how trivial it's meant to be. Whereas at the moment, oh yeah, it's just an arthroscopy or it's just a, like, it's a very flippant and not a big deal at all and I guess because they can come back relatively quickly compared to, you know, once upon a time and that it's, yeah, really
0: not thought of as a big deal Well the bottom line is how many athletes have you seen come back from major surgery and actually play better for, for the next three four years as a result you know, At and, at best and stay injury free and stay injury free, well that's exactly another point, so I, I see the majority of athletes never never return to their previous best and those that do, only do so very very fleetingly before they fade quickly, and the reoccurrence of injury be it the other side or the same side is it's almost guaranteed, and that's a combination of both the the fact that the problem that, the, that caused the injury in the first place, the way to their training the decisions they haven't changed, haven't gone away uh, the fact that they didn't rehabilitate it adequately and therefore it may not be ready to to be exposed to the loading of competition and, and then the addition that the other side, if the joint wasn't rehabilitated properly, if the injury wasn't rehabilitated properly, the other side's going to be subject to excessive loading. So to, to have someone have a, have a surgery and then go injury-free for four years post and, and perform at a high level for, for, for the next four years is is almost almost unheard of as, as a general comment. I'm sure it does occur, but it'd be pretty rare. So what do you think is... is I mean, we've come to the conclusion that there is a massive increase in the incidence of injuries in the young athlete compared to, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, I also think we feel that there's, there's not enough urgency about it, that people are pretty, uh, or too accepting of it, and there's a little bit of a, a, an embracing of it as a normal and the new normal, and let's just find ways to rehabilitate them. What is causing this? What are the specific conditions that are causing this increased incidence of, of injuries in the young athlete?
2: Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. cool. let's, start um, let's start at the beginning, just briefly. Um, firstly, structure. There's so much more structure in teams training these days than 20 years ago. And some people might say it's science and we're moving forward and we're advancing to higher um, tech training, etc. But as you teach, there's an equal and opposite effect to everything that we do in this life. And that is one of them that they're moving towards. As John mentioned earlier, strength training, strength training and non-specific um, training stimulus has come into kids at a much younger age. Yes, kids can dominate through strength at an early age, but the equals and opposite effect is that when they dominate through strength, they don't develop technique necessarily as well. And when they turn into adults and start playing against adults and competing against other adults who didn't have that advantage but had to work on more technical aspects... Well, that, that adult typically does better. Um, they do not stretch, as John mentioned earlier as well. So, there's just three. I'll, I'll leave it. There's so much. I'll leave it
0: to other coaches as well. So, what have we got so far? We've got the absence of stretching, the dominant trend, the imbalance between te- technical and physical qualities, and the overlay of, of adult decisions. In the way of structure on young athletes programs. That's a fantastic one, that that point and ironically I was having that conversation with a a parent of young athletes only uh, probably a day or so ago on that very subject about, they were trying to understand why when they played as much uh, as kids as their young athletes now train they just didn't understand the difference was the fact that it's structured and therefore not always appropriate Any other take as for why we are seeing what I describe as being a very worrying epidemic of injuries in young athletes?
5: I think yeah. Helpful. On that, and on that topic of of um, parents making decisions, the parents making decisions for the child to specialize in a sport at a really early age. When you talk about the uh, every sport carries with it an imbalance, and now that child is is doing that sport, performing that sport year round, and then in, in addition to that, doing a quote unquote sport specific program, which just adds volume to that to that imbalance. Um, it plays right into those, those overuse injuries that don't
0: damage the child long-term. And there's additional two or three points there alone. And, and I'll add to that one as far as these, these uh, dryland or non- these uh, gen, uh, general training programs, are off-field training programs that caught up in this trend of specificity or of functionality as people, which is a synonym that's taken over from the 1990s buzzword of sports-specific, you know, they're only creating more problems. So there's another three points I know you raised there, Mike. Great addition... Is that Carl? Yeah,
1: there's a, a host. I might just touch on a, a couple of great ones. There's the the volume. So I'm to mention too in terms of the structure. So, especially those kids who, are, who are show talent early. They play at their local level, whether that's club, school, usually both. They're more often in, term, in development squads. That may be regional. Then often they play for a state team. And I know here, because we're in the country, they then play in town, So they get spotted by, I guess, those more, um, more scouts. From a national level, and then they go and play national competitions and things. So their schedules are, are crazy. So they rarely get a day off, but they usually tend to dominate in those sports. So again, they don't develop the diverse skills that may upset some of the other ones. So it's those same patterns getting um, repeated over and over and over again. Inappropriate you know, warm ups, if they warm up at all. Like, again, stretching is not existent. And then in nutrition, they don't tend to be educated at all on how to nourish the body. Or any of the factors on recovery. I think mean, the closest you'll hear them is putting skins on or something as recovery, as opposed to how to nourish the body, stretching to recover, you know, ideal sleep practices, um, etc. And then the other challenge is performance. Often the parents or, and the children are looking to get that edge to make it into these places and to push at a high level. So they're looking for ways to get an, a performance advantage, which is usually training the very, very the very components. That are causing the injuries in the first place, and all those
0: things together really lead to a rapid demise. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting study. I, I, I enjoy the study of cause-effect relationships in training. It's a study I've been engaged in for quite a few decades. But I, I don't know how much the parents are going to enjoy it when they realise that that which they've been asking their child to do for the last X number of years is actually cause them to be no longer be able to play sport at the elite level, or in some cases, sport at all. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting conclusion if they if they reach it. Great point. So we, we've probably up around 10 or plus points already. Any other contributors to the discussion of why is the young athlete getting so much injuries relative to the years gone by?
3: Yeah. Um, from what I've seen is that, uh, especially with American football, is that you have coaches, I mean, maybe it's a convenience thing, but they have every position, practice, the same exact way, so you'll have, uh, you know, an offensive lineman doing the exact same thing that a tailback would do or a receiver would do in the same amount of volume. Um, they're also not taking into consideration the environment. So, like, someone who is in Manhattan Beach would be doing the same exact workout that someone is doing in, you know, Texas when it's 112 degrees outside in the summertime. Um, also. The coaches um it's like a kind of like a tough thing to they they deny kids water so water is actually denied and i've seen this multiple times and the coaches are so concerned with getting everything all in getting the conditioning in um if, if we don't condition them, they're not going to be fit enough. Oh, if we don't get the strength training in, they're not going to be strong enough that they end up having a, you know, two, three hour practice doing all that kind of volume without stretching at all. So it's, it, stretching is the least prioritized, you know, physical quality in the program.
0: Excellent addition, John. So we're probably up there between 15 to 20 points. We've raised all very, very strong. Are uh, correlated from what I'm seeing in contributing to the uh, epidemic of injuries in young athletes. So, uh, looking forward, and. Oh,
4: well, there's uh, many more.
0: You, you, want to sh- you got some more for us, Ryan?
4: I'd love to share, if you, if you don't mind, something I, I was reading a thread today by uh, an individual who's a parent about marketing. You know, the influence of marketing. You know, people are. are touting themselves as the place to go uh, so you can get to this next level, etc. And how do parents and, and athletes seep through who are the experts truly and, and who can service them best? Is one part. Uh, the programming, you know, athletes may have a fighting chance, maybe, if, you know, they, if we're talking about programs that are laid on people uh, at early stages. But then the, the programs that they're that are laid on them are just so inadequate and inappropriate in how they're laid out. Uh, we talked about lack of flexibility, etc. And that goes from the sport coach, like John mentioned, and the the training, the athletes having trainers. So, young. but then also the individual and the parents taking responsibility. I think that's that's lost in a lot of places is where. They don't make decisions. They don't think for themselves. They just shut off and and do what everyone else is doing instead of sitting back and taking in things and looking at a program and going, why is this happening? Why is my son coming back, or daughter? And this is the occurrence. Is this smart? Is this trainer actually uh, going to help
0: us? So we've raised so many points about the causes and, and some really valuable ones and each one of the coaches speaking speak from extensive experience in this area so looking looking at the the prognosis what does the future hold I mean is there any light at the end of this tunnel and if so how um, I guess let's stay with the, the first point what do you see the next say 5, 10, 15, 20 years holding Let's not talk about the solution. Let's just talk about what your crystal ball tells you about where this is going. So, this will be relevant to anybody who's going to have a child in the next 20 years, because if your child's going to be involved in this, you know, after my contribution to sport over the years, and I took my children along to the, you know, the, the sporting clubs and the schools, and I've been so shattered to see what my children have been exposed to. It's been, it's been heartbreaking to see, that after servicing so many athletes for so many years, that my children get treated uh get exposed to um and damaged in the way they do and so i'm speaking here as a concerned parent as much as a professional so what do what do you coaches see in the in the near future where is this going to go well
3: what i see is that it's everything that coaches do is is so ingrained in their mind and so based on tradition that i mean it's it's sad to say but i don't see it going anywhere like the the punishments athletes receive like doing like if they mess up or if they fumble or something like that oh go run a mile oh go do 100 up downs or 100 sprints or 300 yards bear crawls you know all the stuff like that is just it, it's it's and denying water it's that the pattern is so ingrained that I, I just don't I don't see it getting any better and like, like Carl was talking about the attitude towards nutrition is oh they're teenagers or oh they're in junior high school they're kids they can eat whatever they want and it's, it's just not true at all so whew, yeah I, I don't really see it getting better I actually see it getting worse sad to say
0: interesting but, but um that's what the other coaches have
4: I think it's awful right now, and, and horrendous. And I only—I see it getting better, but it's going to have to get a lot worse before it does get better. And it's only going to get better when people start winning and winning and winning when they're doing it differently. And that's the only time when the money starts speaking to see the people that are doing it injury-free and winning.
0: So, Ryan's a little bit more optimism, but he's still cynical about the motive. That's
4: yeah, I don't have a good time limit on that for the next five, ten years, though. So.
0: Okay, any other predictions? Sure, I think as a general,
1: it'll get worse, sure, but I think there's a, a change in awareness as a whole, so in, in many terms in the world. So, I think a lot more people are starting to ask questions, and I know from some of the parents I talked to, they definitely do, they just didn't know the answers. So, once they start to find trustworthy sources of information and guidance that that can change. And then with that, there'll be that knock-on effect, I guess, pay it forward. So I, I definitely think there'll be both. There'll be the, the, the general, which things will get worse, which is like most things in life, 95%, but I think there'll be a significant improvement for those that are open to doing it differently, having a holistic approach to it, and that they'll reap the
0: benefits. Another optimistic young coach. Okay, you, Who else?
2: I see that it'll it'll continue to get worse. I don't see how it can get better. Um, it'll get worse, but there'll always be pockets of resistance. Um, people who do things a little bit differently and by default get a different result. And so I definitely do see that. And obviously we know people that do that because we work with them. Over on the whole, I just see it going from bad to worse. Um, multiply, you know, time magnifies all errors, and I think over time it'll be, those errors will be magnified. A lot.
0: I reckon, Mike. I agree with
5: Mitchell. 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 <laughs> uh, it's a massive educational job. Uh, it's massive education for the uh, for the athletes. A massive education job for the parents. Um, and it could be even too late for the parents at this point. I think they can understand it, but maybe not appreciate it. Uh, that might be a strong statement. It might not be until their children, who will want better for their children, um, through their own experience, being able to um, implement something that works better.
0: So to summarise all those thoughts, I, I also have don't see any light at this stage. I don't see any reason why it's going to get better in the short term. I, I believe it will continue to uh, get worse, Um uh, when some of the solutions being provided so she has been raised before skins taping and nobody really has got a genuine solution at this point in time so I don't see the light at this stage I'd I'd love I love the awesome, optimistic belief that it's going to turn around at some point in time which brings me to my next question what would it take for it to turn around
4: more KSA coaches
0: Yeah, yep yeah, some might say it sounds like a self-promotion, but I don't know anybody else who understands this or can successfully provide zero-tolerance-to-injury approach.
1: Definitely, and then also just ownership of everything. When people start taking accountability for their own health and their body and their current situation in whatever endeavour, things will change. So with awareness comes to change. change. Once people actually start to pay attention, start using their intuition, which they've been taught to suppress, I think then there's definitely got a chance
0: fantastic anyone else on what it'll take to change or turn it around
3: it'll have to become a trend but then stick actually be one that sticks around because it actually works it would have to be like ryan was saying like some it would be some form of a trend
0: that was marketable for it to happen So you're basically saying, John, that most of what people do is simply uh, they're pawns in someone's commercial game.
3: Yeah, it would would have to get popular somehow.
0: Imagine that, being healthy in the body, becoming popular. (laughs) Any other suggestions on what it would take to reverse the current direction in injury incidence and severity in the young athlete? So...
2: Would be huge what would need to happen. Uh the first thing like similar to what John said, the funding for sport. They'd have to dominate most of the funding towards junior sport and take it away from elite sport because most people don't do what they're passionate about, they follow the money. Um so that'd be the first one to, to actually put money there and get people who who care about making money, therefore make might make better decisions. Secondly be held accountable. I mean imagine coaches were Find part of their pay for every hamstring injury that occurred, every knee injury that occurred, every player that didn't get to play because of a because of an injury. The, co- the physical preparation coach um, would be remu- uh, co- uh, financially challenged from that. Imagine that kind of philosophy instead of just saying, "Oh, this person's this, this person's that." So, it's a change that I believe is too big to happen in my lifetime. But I guess anything's possible.
0: Well, do you reckon they'd be allowed to run an overdraft? So instead of being paid to coach If they had that many injuries They might have to pay to be there To keep the overdraft going Pay the interest Sorry Mitchell?
2: That's the way it should be
0: Yeah I agree I mean just the concept of being accountable We're in a very litigious world And yet for some reason We can We can Reduce the quality of life of an athlete, cause them to be injured, and we can walk away without accountability. It's an interesting, it's an interesting situation in the context of of litigation. So, what I'd like to do is give some guidance to parents, anyone making decisions for children, because for the most part, we don't see a lot of hope in the in the near future. Therefore, how does a parent? Navigate this in the best interests of their child.
4: I think one way is for parents to listen to the person that is going to be working with their child, and ask them what their priorities are. What is, what do you aim to do with these, with my child in this team or in this environment or to, uh, in a training environment and listen for those the words and if injury prevention isn't on the list or if it's on the list but it's a, an afterthought at the end then then take note of that uh, and weigh that accordingly, that's one, one easy place to start
0: Fantastic idea, thank you Ryan, any other takers? Sure <laughs> John's lost for words I can relate to that.
3: It's, I don't know, you you have to luck out and find a KSI coach. I don't even know, like, what else to even say besides that. I don't know what else someone could do.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one, and that's why the world needs more of us.
1: Let the kids play. they They tend to only play when there's structured play or practice or something, whereas before they just go out and play for fun. So if there's a lot more of that where they just learn to have that fun, play for play's sake and take the pressure off about your child needing to become world champion. I mean, if they play open enough and they have a love for the sport anyway, they'll develop the skills by playing and they'll have that that love for it without being a structure that tends to do the damage in the first place. So I think that'll be a big step.
0: Excellent suggestion. Thank you, Carl. Any other suggestions for parents wishing to... To optimize their children's sporting and future quality of life,
4: get get wise to to injuries. Like when pains are coming, understand the the formula of training plus recovery, which seems to be non-existent in ninety nine percent of the training programs I see. It gets your effect, gets your result, and. Uh, I would all He says this Go ahead
3: John I would also say I mean look at it from a bigger picture than just the training that a coach is going to have your kid do I mean even if you don't have any control over that like you can control what you buy your kid at the grocery store you know you can control um, you know somewhat you know their how many hours of sleep they get per night. You can uh, help to control their water intake, um, stress management, um, just all, all those little things like that. You, you can control, you know, if you guys, if you go out in nature during the weekends, you know, if you expose them to, you know, the ocean, the snow, the different elements, um, just looking at it from a perspective of everything um, and not just what they do that you know hour or two when they're with their
0: coach. Fantastic suggestions any other takers so we've got two possibilities here we've got the, the coach and we've got the um, we've got the, the parent I don't see the child as being a, a stakeholder because they don't make the decisions. My concern with coaches is that they're very dogmatic about what what they did in the past, what they did as a child, what what their coach did with them and what their coach education program told them and that's, that's got a lot of limitations. My concern with the parents is that they have got no idea what they're doing to their children. So my challenge to a parent is do you understand the implications and the ramifications of, of, this, of any particular program that you're looking to put in your child into and its impact on their body. And I just encourage them to have a look and have a look deep. Have a look at athletes who have been involved for a number of years. Not just the few that might make it through, but look at the ones that have been wrecked from an injury perspective as well. And my question to any parent is do you understand what you're doing to your child? And then secondly, are you happy with the trade-off? Is the risk-reward ratio one that you're happy with? Now, I suspect that many of them, if they did know what the injury risks were, would probably still say, yeah, it's worth it, because many of them seek glory through the actions of their children. So the the children's uh, activity is nothing more than an extension of their ego. So I'm not... I'm not completely optimistic that even if they were aware of the true injury risk, that they would they would make any different decisions. But then that's that's on them. That's their decision. The reality for me is that some of the worst programs and worst situations for the children are actually the the talent identified programs, the squads, the academies, etc., and the professional service providers. And as I said. And have said consistently now in writing and print for quite a few decades that in many instances an athlete would be better off doing no off, off-court dry land physical preparation than being exposed to what many of them get exposed to so I believe that a large responsibility rests on the parents and I believe that we, we have a chance of probably changing the parents' education and understanding far more effectively in some cases than the professionals, because it will be greater dogma to retain the traditional teachings in the professional So anyone who has the opportunity to be exposed to this audio and wants any assistance whatsoever, we're more than willing to reach out and give guidance to the case of the young athlete because for me it doesn't stray much from the definition of child abuse. What is being done to the majority of children in sport is nothing short of child abuse. And I'm not a... Um, you know, I'm not a, a tree hugger at the best of times. I'm not a save-the-whale kind of guy. But what's happening is unacceptable, unsustainable, uh, should not be endorsed. And, in, and and perhaps one day, in, in hindsight and retrospect, we'll be seen for what it is. But by then, your child will have be later in life and the damage will have been done so I'm encouraging you to, to wake up now and understand what you're doing to your child, the risks that you're, you're exposing them to and become wise in, in foresight rather than in hindsight because it is our responsibility collectively as parents and coaches to make better decisions, to optimise the decisions for our children because they're not making them for themselves We've chosen this topic today not because we needed something to talk about because there's a very, very strong concern, I'm incredibly concerned, uh, in fact almost in a state of shock from what I've seen from a consumer perspective and what my children have been exposed to and what I've seen others young athletes have been exposed to and it is nothing short of shocking, so I'm hoping that for the sake of your children, you as a parent step up and note I'm not talking to the professionals to any great extent I'm hoping that the the power and the consumer movement might come from the parents if there is enough parents that say no that's not acceptable then we may force change on the so called professionals but in the interim I hope that a, a parent can understand that if their child's not in a talent identified program it's probably not only uh it's not the end of the earth but it's probably um in some ways might be a good thing allowing them to come through the ranks and injury-free perspective so i I trust there's been some significant value for you as as parents listening um if there's any additional comments from our coaches certainly interrupt me that's As far as the professionals that may be listening, to this, you, you have an opportunity to make a difference, and I certainly hope that you do. Our focus is uh, zero tolerance towards injuries for all athletes, and there is nothing, no more important age group for that that should be applied this philosophy, and that is the young age group. So thanks, coaches. Appreciate. It. We'll talk.